Welcome to this APTA podcast. I'm Troy Elliott, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be providing you with another look at what's going on in advocacy for the profession, as well as the latest developments in the regulatory arena, particularly involving, involving the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS. As always, there's a lot going on, and once again, we've asked APTA staff experts to provide their takes on what we should be paying attention to, the stuff we might have missed, and what's getting a lot of attention at APTA right now, and of course, what to keep an eye on in the future. So let's go ahead and get started. Joining me today are Laura Keevil, APTA's Grassroots and Political Affairs Specialist, and Steve Postal, APTA Senior Regulatory Affairs Specialist. Hey, everyone, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, I wanted to uh, start by looking back over the past month or so of resources, articles, news, and you know all the other content we've we've published at APTA.org, and ask each of you what's your uh, you know like what's your pared down reading list for members. I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but what's your what's your list of a few items they you know that you think they shouldn't miss? Um, Steve, I'll start with you. I know there's been some recent developments in the regulatory side of things, so so let's start there. What are you recommending that members check out? Thanks, Troy. So first, uh, we encourage you to visit our website for stories on the ERF and SNF proposed rules, as well as our regulatory action center where you'll be able to see uh, template letters for comment. So CMS published these proposed rules a few weeks ago. One governs payment quality and reporting requirements of skilled nursing facilities or SNFs. And the other governs the same for inpatient rehab facilities or ERFs. Uh, both rules are effective at the start of fiscal year 2022, uh, which is October 1st of this year. So in the SNF rule, CMS learned that the patient-driven payment model or PDPM that it implemented for SNFs, it uh, seems to be generating at least one unintended consequence, which is an increase in payment to SNFs, even as the therapy minutes had decreased. So while the proposed rule provides over a $400 million increase in payment for this Coming fiscal year, uh, CMS is seeking comment on how to correct for this 5% increase in payment in 2020 uh, due to the implementation of PDPM. Um, also, as it did last year, CMS is taking a light touch to changes on ERFs for the 2022 fiscal year, uh, proposing a rule that ups payment by about $160 million, and it also tweaks some reporting requirements. Uh, comments to both rules are due on June 7th, and then APTA will be submitting comments to both. And just lastly, real quick, uh, we um, advise that everybody check out our article in the April issue of Compliance Matters, which discusses informed consent on what both PTs and PTAs need to know. Uh, topics include what constitutes informed consent in physical therapy, uh, legal liability, what to disclose, as well as documentation requirements. Thanks. Uh, and that informed consent article, that's in uh, APTA magazine, and it's easy to find online, and um, you may even have a hard copy sent to you by now. So definitely check that out. Laura, what you got? As always, there's so much going on in Capitol Hill. Uh, as many of you know from our news articles and action alerts that we had a telehealth bill introduced at the end of March. It's the Expanded Telehealth Access Act. And it's the bill number for those of you who are tracking this kind of thing, it's HR 2168. So this bill, as many of you know, uh, at the beginning of the public health emergency last year, 
uh, physical therapists were allowed to bill Medicare for work done um, via telehealth. And now since we've seen during the pandemic, this has been very successful for so many PTs that um, we want to make this permanent under law. So we have uh, many different co-sponsors now. We've had over 1400 letters sent to the Hill by ABTA members and supporters. And um, we really have to keep the momentum going with this bill. And we're really hoping for the best as we move into summer of getting this bill actually passed. There's been many other healthcare groups that have supported this bill. And we just think that, um, you know, this bill would be wonderful to get passed for so many people to continue to provide telehealth um, uh, this way. So um, aside from your letters to Capitol Hill, we need your testimonials um, that we will send to Capitol Hill and use in our meetings with Capitol Hill. So if you have any testimonials from the provider perspective, please let us know at advocacy at APTA.org. That really helps in our advocacy work to get that constituent and provider perspective as we continue to lobby for this bill. So it's, it's fantastic and we appreciate all the support people have been giving us as far as their letters to the Hill and sharing their stories. So another topic I wanted to mention that you can check out on our website is something that is always great to say, the WINS official. Uh, we had our sequestration moratorium bill signed into law by President Biden on April 14th. And, uh, you know, as many of you have heard the word sequestration, it's what in the world is that? That has come from all the way back in 2013 as a federal deficit reduction program where many federal um, agencies and programs were cut across the board and Medicare was cut by 2%. So when the public health emergency happened, um, they suspended sequestration to prevent further cuts and really give that a boost. And, um, you know, this was uh, definitely an increase because we still expected uh, sequestration to continue happening, but it's great that this was extended and, and helps out um, for so many people that have been impacted by the pandemic. And we really are appreciative of so many letters that were sent by ABTA members and supporters on this and sharing their stories. And we also partnered with other healthcare groups that sent letters to congressional leadership supporting the suspension of the sequestration cut. But we, you know, we continue to look out for any and all payment cut, uh, payment cuts that could be coming down the line. And this is one of them. And, you know, it makes a difference, especially um, during times like these when, when things can be so difficult. But uh, yeah, sequestration is still a thing. Um, this all started back, hard to believe, when um, the words like selfie and twerk were added into the dictionary, which I can't even remember when that happened. It's been so long. And this one was definitely made possible by the many letters that were sent by APTA members and supporters. So we appreciate you taking action. And that really goes to show the strength of people writing members of Congress and meeting with members of Congress, calling their offices and showing the engagement that our community has. And we really, really appreciate the great work that you all have done. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and thank, thanks to everyone for pitching in on that. I wanted to get back real quick to this idea that, that this 2% is, first of all, it's a, a win and a significant win, but that it's, you know, amounts to a payment increase, even though we're talking about making a cut go away, how does that work? And what I've learned from you and others is that it's because 
these sequestration cuts were a fact of life, right? For payment going on uh, for years. So you just, you had to build that into every kind of advocacy, every kind of effort that you made, you had to build in the idea that no matter what, you were gonna get a 2% cut because of sequestration, right? Absolutely. And, and so this is like, this is like 2% over what we expected to be the case um, before this moratorium. Yeah. So, and this goes through when? When does the moratorium end? Right now it ends on December 31st, 2021. So this year. Okay. Um, possibility of an extension, do you think? Uh, hopefully we'll continue to look for any ways to extend that. And uh, again, you know, we're always looking for ways to stop any cuts to Medicare payments. Right. Steve, I had a question for you too. Um, you mentioned it, um, that we've been tracking and um, I know sharing information with CMS on at least anecdotal evidence about utilization under PDPM, therapy utilization under PDPM, um, because there was concern that there would be a, a, a decrease in utilization. Um, it seemed like in the it seemed like in the proposed rule that CMS kind of acknowledges the that that concern. Is that right? And do they you know what do they have to say about it? Yes, yeah, they they do. I think that it's attributed more toward the uh, group therapy, at least the the greater utilization as reported of group therapy. Um, CMS is seeking comment on whether it. Uh, would take an incremental approach to addressing the overpayment or if it's just um, a one-time correction. So we will be taking a look at that and analyzing which will be the best route to go for our members. And I, I remember seeing something on the, on the in, in line with that, looking at costs and what they're paying, but also CMS kind of saying, we're keeping an eye on this utilization stuff and we don't, you know, we don't, they didn't say this directly, but we don't believe that utilization should necessarily for therapy should necessarily drop under PDPM, and we're keeping a we're keeping an eye to make sure that patients still get adequate care, right? Yeah, that is that is correct. Yeah. So thanks. So that's a, okay. That's a kind of a picture of where we are right now. Um, and I, I just uh, want to say that all all the resources that Steve and Laura talked about are available at APTA.org. And don't forget that every Wednesday we send out an all member email that collects a week's worth of content as well as member perspectives and the latest from PTJ, uh, calls to action and, and make your voice heard on various um, issues, advocacy issues uh, and upcoming events. It's all there every week uh, to your inbox. We're gonna take a quick break, but hang on. When we come back, we'll be talking about a couple of issues you need to be tuned into right now. And now for a quick break. Throughout 2021, we're hosting the APTA Centennial Lecture Series. Earn CEUs while exploring topics like clinical practice, payment, and practice management. Upcoming is our June lecture on managing vestibular disorders. Visit centennial.apta.org celebrate to learn more and register. And now let's return to the show. Okay, so you've made your recommendations for a few topics uh, we've shared at APTA over the past few weeks, but we've got some even more recent news that we wanna dive into and stuff that's, that's happening right now. Laura, in our last podcast, and uh, again, just a little bit earlier, you mentioned this telehealth bill that's been introduced um, that would permanently allow 
uh, for the delivery of telehealth services under Medicare. Now that bill's still around, right? And it's still it's still kind of percolating through the system. Uh, what should we be, we be doing about it right now? We definitely should be continuing to send letters to Capitol Hill and encouraging any and all people that we know to send their letters as well. We have an action alert both on the Legislative Action Center for APT members, and we have one on our Public Patient Action Center for our fellow colleagues, friends, family, et cetera, to send letters of their own. And also keep in mind, we have a key contact program where APTA members form and build relationships with their members of Congress. And uh, telehealth is a big issue that we're asking key contacts to advocate for right now. And especially as we begin summer, which is hard to believe that it's, you know, end of April, early May, that we're thinking about this already. But in August, members of Congress go back to their home districts and it's a district work period where they meet with their constituents and get to know what's going on in the district at that level. So we're already starting to think about uh, August recess and you know if telehealth is still around, we're hoping it moves pretty quickly, but that will definitely be one of our asks for August recess for uh, APTA members to share their stories about how this would impact them. And you can meet with members of Congress through Zoom or sometimes some of them are meeting in person, but again, you know with uh, everything going on, everything is still pretty virtual right now, but uh, it's a really great way to help out with APT advocacy and give that constituent point of view. And members of Congress want to hear from constituents. They want to get to know the people that vote for them and the people that they represent. So I highly recommend that people check out the APTA key contact program. You can send us an email at advocacy at APTA.org if you're interested in learning more or signing up. But that's, on, that's down the pike. And uh, we're having a, I believe there's a um, a hearing coming up this week, actually, on telehealth. Um, so we should be having more information there. Great, thanks. Uh, Steve, how about you? What's, uh, what's, what's hot right now? Sure, so one hot topic right now, I'd say would be information blocking. Uh, new information blocking regulations took effect in April, uh, April 5th to be exact. Uh, to improve the sharing of electronic information with patients and between organizations. So this is a positive development for person-centered care, but it also increases the importance of PTs and PTAs uh, to understand these regulations to remain compliant. Uh, consequences of non-compliance may include penalties and disincentives. So to understand and prepare for opportunities and implications of these rules, APTA has issued a practice advisory for practice owners and organization administrators, uh, staff PTs and PTAs, and health IT developers. Uh, this practice advisory also contains many other resources on information blocking, so we encourage our members to check these out. Yeah, it's been, um, it, 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 I wouldn't say it exactly snuck up on everybody because everybody knew this was happening, but I, I, I don't think the scope of it, um, um, the scope of it is still uh, being kind of felt and understood. And um, this practice advisory really helps to put it in perspective, I think. It, it, and it gives both uh, the 30,000 foot view so you can understand what the, the basic deal is with it, but it also gets into some very specific um, recommendations. Uh, I, I would add that we've got a podcast that's available uh, that we recorded, a, I don't know, a couple months ago that's still relevant about information blocking um, that's worth a listen to. 
um, but it's something that we need to continue to keep an eye on. And um, what have you, have you heard much so far from the field? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, we're still keeping our, our head close to, uh, to the ground to make sure that we're updating our members as early as possible if we hear any updates. But again, with this practice advisory and all the resources, we wanted to just distill the most important uh, aspects uh, of the rules to our members. It can be, it can get kind of heady and, and complicated at times. So we definitely keep you guys in mind and uh, making it the most easy to understand. All right, thanks. Uh, we're gonna wrap up this podcast with your takes on what we should be keeping an eye on for the future. Uh, any issues you think are coming down the pike and shouldn't escape our attention. So Laura, I'll start with you, what's out there? So we have our regulatory action center that has many different comment opportunities for issues that Steve had talked about and some that come down the line. Uh, keep in mind the deadlines that, that uh, are out there for for you to submit your comments and um, be on the lookout for different opportunities that pop up throughout the month. And um, yeah. Yeah, there, there, um, there are a couple out there right now. Uh, the, the topics that, that Steve talked about, the proposed rules for SNFs and IRFs, uh, the deadline for those comments is uh, June 7th. And as Laura said, the um, the, uh, the telehealth bill, it's still out there. You can still make your voice heard on that through the, through the patient access, uh, access center and uh, the, the SNF and IRF stuff through the regulatory action center. Bottom line, it's really, really, really easy to do. It's minutes of just a few minutes of your time and it really does make an impact. Definitely. Um, uh, we provide template letters for these comment opportunities and of course for the patient action center in the Legislative Action Center. We have pre-filled letters that all you have to do is sign your name and hit send. We do give you the opportunity to add in your personal story if you wish, but we try to make it as easy as possible to get as many letters um, to the Hill and to these regulatory bodies as quickly as possible. Great, yep, and we try and make it easy. Steve, uh, I know there was some big news uh, just a little bit ago about a study, um, and I wondered if you had more information on that. Sure, thanks, Troy. So I'd like to highlight this study. Um, APTA did one with the American Occupational Therapy Association, and it's called the Therapy Outcomes in Post-Acute Care Settings, or TOPS, study. So this study answered the larger question of whether therapy leads to better outcomes in post-acute care. It was a first-of-its-kind study. It tracked data from 1.4 million Medicare beneficiaries and SNFs ERFs and home health settings, and it found increased amounts of therapy led to better functional outcomes and reduced, reduced risk of rehospitalization. So please check our website for details on the study. Uh, that includes a summary of the study, a chart book highlighting the key findings, and also our joint statement that we issued with AOTA. And uh, just, just as an FYI, keep your eye out also for how APTA and AOTA leverage the findings of the top study in the future. Yeah, my part of the understanding, my understanding of it is that not only did it show that utilization um, actually resulted in better outcomes, but that the settings themselves had different patient com combinations, different patient um, uh, uh, types and needs, and that a one size fits all payment approach isn't 
necessarily the way to go, that, um, that the study established that therapy works, and it also established that therapy works a little bit differently in the different settings, and um, payment should be attuned to that. Um, yes. I should, go ahead. I, go I, ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, and again, our, our chart book helps highlight the difference in the main, in the main settings. We, we go very deep, us in AOTA on the granular level, looking at the patient and case mix. Uh, we, we definitely recommend you guys check that out. Yeah, it's a, um, there's a statement and then there's a chart book, which is essentially like a, a set of PowerPoint slides, I think. Um, there's right. not a there's not a written study per se like you'd go to a journal and get and, and get the, the the study, but the chart book is where all the meat is, and right. uh, I should I should add that we've also got a podcast actually two podcasts that we've done on this top study. One is a kind of a high level overview, and the other is getting into the weeds a little bit on it. And I definitely recommend both of those things. Well, as always, Laura and Steve, both there's, uh, just like Laura said, there's so much going on on so many different areas right now. So don't think you can relax as we go into the summer. And we're doing lots to help you keep up. In addition to the weekly email blast I mentioned earlier, we offer podcasts, APTA live events, webinars, and other resources to help you stay informed. Uh, and you can uh, check out other details in our events listings as they come up. Uh, always good to keep that in mind. And if you want to tune into all the activity going on in payment relative to physical therapy, including many of our advocacy efforts and listings for events like the webinar I just mentioned, uh, sign up for our Friday Focus monthly collection of payment-related articles and resources. It's um, delivered direct to your inbox on the fourth Friday of every month, and it's all free. Just search for email preferences in the search bar at APTA.org and sign up. It's, it's very easy. Uh, so thanks, Laura and Steve, for bringing us up to speed on some really critical issues. As a final reminder, be sure to visit APTA.org where you'll find resources on all of the topics we talked about today. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's at APTA Tweets. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting APTA.org slash podcasts. I'm Troy Elliott, and thanks for listening.